That's the next Seth Custer right there. All right, we're going to be in Psalm 23. If you've got a handout, you knew that already, right? So we'll finish up the last series. This, this will be a much shorter series. At least that's the plan. I hope to get through it in three weeks. You never know. We might be able to stretch it into four. But uh, we'll see. Psalm 23. You know, there's, there's very few passages of Scripture that are probably more known uh, to people out there, in the, even in the world, it, very common for when there's handouts at, at uh, funerals, that Psalm 23 is there. Uh, it, it has brought more peace and comfort probably than any people than, than any other portion of Scripture. It's been memorized by millions of people. I would imagine that many people in this room have memorized at some point Psalm 23. I'm not going to ask you, yeah, I've done it, and I'm not going to call on him when it's a stand and recite it. If you haven't memorized it, I would urge you to memorize it, because as you go through life, there are certain portions of Scripture that the, the Lord will bring back to your mind and your heart that are very applicable and very helpful and get you through some difficult days. This Psalm is one of those, and his uh, promises even the promises in this, and when you get to know and understand this a little bit better, sometimes we just memorize a passage and say, okay, I got it down, and don't take time to dwell on it, and that's what we're going to try to do here, is take some time and really think and, in a sense, meditate on these verses to get these truths down, and hopefully when you read them or when you memorize them and they come back to your mind, there's going to be more meaningful application to your life. Well, that's what I'd like to do over the next couple of weeks is just consider a short meditation for each of the verses in the psalm and make practical applications. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, time together, and we ask that this portion of scripture would be a help to us. I know it's familiar and many would say, well, I already know this. Why are we going through this? Because your word is so wonderful, so powerful, and how could we go wrong thinking about the Good Shepherd. And I pray that as we dwell on you and who you are and what you have done and will do for us, that it would rejoice our heart and we'd have a better uh, appreciation of you and a closer relationship and more dependence. Lord, I need your help as we go through these lessons and pray that you'd help me to have exactly what is needed and say things in the right way that'll help your people. pray that you'd give us a, a good time in your word over the next several minutes, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. So uh, this psalm is actually a song that David sang. Partway through the, the psalm, it actually turns into a prayer as we see uh, David uh, pouring his heart out to the Lord. It should inspire us to do likewise. So I, I'm going to touch on the first two verses today. That's the plan, and so we'll look at verse number one, short, but not short in content. So the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. All right, so shepherds are vital to sheep. David was a shepherd. He knew about what being a shepherd was all about. So when he's writing about the Lord being his shepherd, he fully understood 
I shouldn't say he fully understood what the Lord meant as his shepherd, but he understood what being a shepherd was about. And uh, he was a shepherd in his younger days. Shepherds, A good shepherd will feed the flock, will guide the flock, uh, nurture the flock, protect the flock. That's what shepherds do. And if you're saved, one of God's children, and we're not all God's children just because we live on this earth. We're God's children when we repent of our sin and receive Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. But when we become one of God's children, we are also now one of his sheep. And he takes care of his own. Uh, and as David took care of his, his little furry animals, uh, and he knew that God took care of him, and we know that God will do no less for us. Jesus, in the New Testament, is called the Good Shepherd. And because he's a good shepherd, he does everything in a good way. So he's going to be a better shepherd than David was to sheep because we're better than sheep. You say, well, we're not better than sheep. Sorry. You know, God cares for us, and we are wonderful in his eyes. Believe it or not, right? <laughs> I know he knows we're sinners, but he cares for us, and we're special in his eyes. So a few things I'd like to point out from verse number one, uh, talking about our shepherd. First of all, the Lord is a powerful shepherd. You say, where do you get that? I don't see that there in the verse. Where does it say that? Um, well, it says it right there in the second word in the verse. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord there, all caps, when you see that in the Old Testament, all caps, is Jehovah, referring to Jehovah. Jehovah is the Lord of hosts. When you speak of hosts, you think of armies. He is the leader of a very powerful army. There's no army on earth that's more powerful than the Lord. Uh, the devil and all his demons are no match for the Lord and his angels. So when you're on the Lord's side, you're on a powerful uh, team, so to speak. And think, think with me, the wisest, most powerful one in the entire universe has taken upon himself to watch over you if you are saved. Complete wisdom, complete power. He knows what's best for each one of his sheep, and he can intervene in any one of our life circumstances. Just like a, a, um, a shepherd's out there and he sees a wolf or some predator coming into the flock, the shepherd can step in and intervene and help. And so the same way, uh, our Lord is more powerful than any predator that we have for our soul. We will have opposition. The devil will be against us. But we don't have to live in fear. In the very next psalm, many folks like to tie together Psalm 23 and 24. In 23, we see him as a shepherd. In 24, we see him as king. Uh, in Psalm 24, we're reminded that the Lord is the king of glory. Well, who has more power than a king? Nobody. And he's not just the king of all the earth. He's the king of glory. He's the king of everything. He is the supreme ruler, king of all creation. Uh, Satan and all of his demons have 
limited power. They can do uh, nothing against us that the Lord doesn't allow. And if he allows us to be attacked in some way, it's only because he plans to intervene in another way. All right, so we have an all-powerful God, and he can spoil and foil any attempt of the enemies that we have for our soul. And because he's all-powerful, we can expect him and trust him to do for us things that we can't do for ourselves. Can you do everything for yourself? How about victory over sin? Say, yeah, I, I can do that. Have you tried it in your own strength? How long does it last? It doesn't last very long. You try to have peace. You try to, you know, people try to entertain their problems away. They try to medicate their problems away. They try to drink their problems away. Uh, they, they do all sorts of things. But the only one who can give us peace is the Prince of Peace. He's our shepherd. You can't fight uh, a spiritual battle in your own strength. We need the Lord. And so we must remember uh, who our shepherd is. The Lord, the King of glory. And with him by your side, you can face anything because he's all-powerful. Now, isn't that a good thing to think about? Our Lord, he can do anything. What are you facing that you can't tackle? Any insurmountable problems in your life right now? Oh, I don't know what to do. God knows what to do. I don't know how to handle this. I can't fix it. There's nothing more frustrating when you're up against something that you've tried and there's, it's completely out of your hands. You can do nothing. I mean, sometimes you wish you could reach down and change someone's heart or change someone's mind. You can't do it. You can't fix all the situations and scenarios of life. And the Lord allows us to be in these in a tight spot. And what does he want us to do? Trust him. And as David said, the Lord is my shepherd. Get it? The Lord. Almighty, all-powerful God. The king. Just think, the king is walking with me through life. And if you're saved... He will walk with you. See, as the shepherd, he cares. As king, he has power to do something about it. He has power to prove that he cares. And so, I'm thankful that the Lord is a powerful shepherd, but it doesn't stop there. Again, it's a short verse, but packed with, with, um, packed with a lot here. The second thought I'd like you to see from verse 1 is the Lord is a personal Shepherd. Uh, we get that from the fourth word in the verse. The Lord is my shepherd. And he, you can claim that if, again, as I mentioned, you're saved. If you've turned to Jesus and received him as your savior. And, and we need to all be able to come to that realization and the appropriation of him as our shepherd and be able to say, the Lord is my shepherd. Because uh, God is so powerful, he can handle more than one person's problems at a time. All right? He can handle every one of his children's problems 
at the same time. He can hear all of our prayers at the same time. He can be there to comfort and guide us all at the same time. Never, and, and we're tempted to think this, but never think that the Lord cares for other sheep more than he cares for you. you say, well, you know, I just, for some reason, they're blessed more than me. You're not in their shoes. Let me just say that. You don't know the struggles that they have. And he doesn't care for any of his sheep more than any other. There's a whole range of things that go on in our lives. Sometimes the Lord allows us to have troubles and trials because he intends to uh, bless us more as a result of them. Those are not uh, necessarily uh, to be seen as a plague on our life. Well, I've got another problem. Oh, this is it. God likes to have us turn to him so he can show himself mighty and powerful through our, our disappointments in life. And we need to be able to say, uh, well, what he did for David, he can do for us. And he promises to do for all who are his sheep. So the Lord is my shepherd. He's not just David's shepherd. I'm glad David wrote this. I'm glad David had a close relationship with the Lord. But my name's David, too, so I can have the same thing. That's how I look at it when I read these things, all these promises about David. I'm like, yeah, that's me, so it counts. You can change your name and you can feel the same way, right? No, God cares about all. Do you need some guidance today? He's a personal shepherd. He promises to guide you. The good shepherd knows the path that every one of us need to take. uh, And he will be with us along the way, every step of the way to, to guide us. So he's a close, personal guide. The Lord is my Shepherd, You ever feel sorry for yourself? We all do, I think, don't we? Well, he's right there. Why? Why feel down in the dumps? He's right there. He hasn't gone anywhere. Now, the devil and our flesh, the devil likes to sow seeds of doubt in our mind. Our flesh sometimes likes to cultivate those doubts. Uh, and we, we, we're tempted to doubt God's faithfulness just because, you know, a little cloud overshadows our life. That doesn't mean the sun's not there. It's going to peek out behind the clouds again. You just got to remember that God is still faithful. He's still the good shepherd. He's never going to leave you in a dangerous situation that you, that you um, can't handle because he'll help you handle it. So let those words, my Shepherd, ring in your ears. And when you have a problem this week, say the Lord's my shepherd. That powerful, almighty king, that God is my shepherd. I said, Lord, you said that. I need you. I need some help today. I need some help right now. You're my shepherd. Please help me. Guide me. I need to find the right way. Be with me as I go through this difficult journey of life. Isn't life difficult? It is. It's not easy, but it's easier when we've got a guide, right? That's the, is, some of the folks are going on the Israel trip. Yeah, and so the Israel trip. Just go over there and rent a car and just drive around. You could do that, or you can get a guide who knows where to go 
and you'll have a much better experience. So um, the guide's pretty helpful, and the Lord's our shepherd. Uh, a third thing about verse 1 I'd like you to see about the Lord is the Lord is a protecting shepherd. He's a protecting shepherd, similar to the fact that he's a powerful shepherd, but uh, we'll expand a little bit. Um, along with uh, Jehovah's power comes his protection. His power can do all sorts of things, but one of those things is that he it makes uh, us safer. And so um, if you would look at Psalm 24, it's right there, uh, and I'd like you to read with me, or I'll read it and just follow along in verses 7 through 10. So lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up the everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? And it tells us, the Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, this is Jehovah, the same one who's our shepherd. The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. The Lord of hosts. And so... He's strong and mighty. It says, he's mighty in battle. He's the Lord of hosts, referring to these hosts of armies. You know God's undefeated? Talk about these sports teams. They're undefeated, and then finally, you know, they get defeated. And if they go the whole season undefeated, you know what's going to happen probably the next season at some point? They're going to be defeated. But God's never, ever been defeated. And never will, because he's God. And so, he's the one. And not only that, uh, if we're in a spiritual battle right now, let me ask, no raise of hands, but are you in a spiritual battle? Are, Are you facing something that's just raging spiritually in your life? Thoughts, doubts, fears, anxiety, just attacks, gossip, whatever it is. The Lord is our shepherd. He's mighty in battle, and he's there to protect us. What we need to do is not panic, but to trust him and lean on him. Get into his word, and he'll guide you through his word. That's how he guides us. But no foe can conquer us with the strong and mighty one by our sides. So, what do you have to fear? Nothing, right? Do we have to uh, fear temptation? No. Do we have to yield to it? No. Do we have to live a defeated life? No. So, well, the devil just keeps hammering me. Who can protect us? God can. And there's more that we can see in the psalm that we'll we'll cover in in a couple weeks ahead here. But... Uh, the good shepherd, he, he's not afraid, and he'll stand up any wolf, any lion, which, of course, the devil's as a roaring lion, walking about seeking whom he may devour, right? But the Lord, uh, he's not going to let these predators defeat us. You will face opposition, it's certain, but he will protect you in it. Don't think that you'll never have any battles, 
Why would he be the Lord of hosts if there were no battles? You will have battles. You will have opposition. But you don't have to be defeated. You have to remember to go to your protecting shepherd. Because that's what shepherds do. They protect. I go back to the idea that the good shepherd is going to chase away the predators. David did that when he was young. He killed a lion with his hand. You say, I don't believe that. Well, you don't believe the Bible. I think I believe the Bible. He killed a bear. How did he kill a bear? I don't know. I've never killed a bear. But if a bear was coming at me, hope I had a gun. (laughs) Right? David was able to kill Goliath with just a sling in 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 a stone. So God helped him as a shepherd and so David understood what it meant by the importance of being a shepherd. And he knew that God was his shepherd. And as he was going to risk his life to take care of those, those sheep, we know that Jesus not only risked his life, he gave his life to take care of us. And he not only gave his life, he's still alive in heaven and making intercession for his people. He's still giving his life for us. So... Just rest assured that you're safe in the arms of Jesus. And then, fourthly, talking about verse 1, the Lord is a providing shepherd. So, notice that David said, I shall not want. The word want there means, doesn't mean that I want something. It, just, it literally means to lack. He says, I'm not going to be lacking the things that I need. And why am I not going to lack the things that I need? Because I have a shepherd who will take care of me. A shepherd who will take me to the pastures that are are necessary. A shepherd that will feed me. A shepherd that will uh, make sure I have not only the food but the drink. God will take care of our needs. You will have needs. Sometimes things get tight. God doesn't promise that we'll all be rich. Say, but I thought that would... You thought wrong. That's the prosperity gospel, which is not the gospel. <laughs> That's another gospel. Okay, God doesn't promise everyone to be rich. Jesus wasn't rich when he walked on the earth. There are plenty of God's uh, choice servants that had very little in this life. And so your mark of spirituality and how close and how blessed you are is not how big a bank account you have, how big of a house you live in, and how nice of a car you drive or the... The, the fanciness of your clothes. Just know this, that uh, God will take care of us. I shall not want. So, because I've got this all-powerful God who loves me, protects me, I don't have to worry about my needs. You know, he's taken really good care of me throughout the years. And I'm thankful for that. And, and he'll do the same for you. And those whose, whose shepherd is Jehovah will never lack true needs. And the needs that he allows to come into our lives uh, are so that he can meet them. That's exciting. You ever need a miracle? I've needed miracles. And when I've needed them, he came through. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill. God knows. Now, don't waste all your money and blow your money and be foolish with with all the money that God gives you ahead of time. And then all of a sudden, oh, I've got this big bill and I didn't budget anything for it. Well, that's your fault. 
But if you're doing the best you can, you're giving as you should, you're controlling your, 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 your funds as you should, and then an unexpected need comes in, it's like, I don't know what to do. I shall not want. Because the Lord is my shepherd. He's going to take care of me. Do you have a pressing need today? If so, turn to the Lord. He's our shepherd. All right? And as he supplied your needs in the past, he can do not only now, but also in the future. So never doubt the good shepherd. Why? Because he's good. He's good. The Bible says in in Psalm 24, verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So if everything's his and you need something, certainly you can go to him and say, Lord, I need some of what you got. And he can help you out. You can come to me. I can only help you so much. I might not even help you at all. (laughs) God won't turn you down. All right, verse number two. You say, there's no time. I got a couple minutes. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Okay, the shepherd provides rest. Lie down in green pastures. Just think, these pastures, uh, lush, green, thick, bountiful, uh, you know, food supply. You take a, take, you graze as much as you want, get full, lie down in this bushy grass, and fall asleep. This is the pastures that God will give to us. He does provide rest. We're going to have times of trouble. But thankfully, there are also seasons of rest. The sheep in the flock didn't always just stay in one place. They would move around. And so sometimes you'll be on a journey. You might be walking down a stony path sometimes. You might be in some, some tough times. But he's getting you to the green pastures. And just rest assured, he's going to take care of you. All right, There's going to be rest. And when you need rest for your soul, you'll find it. You'll never find rest living in sin, by the way. Um, the way of the transgressor is hard. There's no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked. So Satan may make his fields inviting and promising, but anyone who enters there are going to find that the ground is pretty hard and the pasture is quite barren. So the shepherd provides rest. And then sec- uh, secondly, the shepherd provides refreshment. All right, the still waters. God promises to refresh our souls and revive uh, us just like water revives the body. His word revives our souls. God's promises are settling. Still waters, right? They're not upsetting to the obedient sheep. When you hear God's word preached and when you read it, it's not supposed to trouble you if you're obedient. And if God's word does disturb you, it's so um, it's an indication that you've gone astray from him. Well, we should look forward to that peaceful renewal that awaits our soul as we get into the word of God each day. If you had a rough day, get in the book in the evening. I, I read the Psalms every evening before I go to bed. And I just need that to help calm my spirit. So everything might rage all around us, but God's peace can still reign within. If you're thirsty, they're saying it's time to cut off me, cut me off, right? If you're thirsty in spirit, uh, go to the still waters and God will have something for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your